Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Brace yourselves for a normal horror because the call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned. Yes. Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. I don't know what that was. It's like Halloween scat. It's like if the, if the scat man... It's like... If, it, the, if the scat man who I assume is dead by now came back to life, that's what it would sound like. If you good. ever see a, VH, a VHS tape marked Halloween scat, don't watch it. Scooby de boo, scooby de bow. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a geeky podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Brandon. I'm Boar. Good night, everybody. And, 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 <laughs> uh, Brandon. Fien. Fini? Finis. Uh, so we've we've you know spent the past couple weeks doing things, absorbing popular culture, getting high on death sticks, getting <laughs> we've been smoking all the death sticks up Want in this some bitch. Death sticks, <laughs> and um, and and so now we're we're going to unleash our 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 very souls uh, into these microphones. Well, I haven't done anything. I've got nothing to unleash. Oh, Brandon, you you have a beast to unleash. What? I am certain of it. Okay. Deep, deep. I mean, I, I believe in your belief in me. Then. <laughs> Yay, all right. All right. Um, I wonder what this could be. I, I, me too, but we'll find out together. This Halloween season has been resplendent with uh, terrifying programming, some of which we've contributed to, and others, and most most of which, in fact, has been thanks to Netflix. Um, I know for certain in this episode we're going to be recounting some of the shit we've been watching and telling you whether or not it's worth your time. Uh, but other than that, we'll be regaling you with whatever nonsense comes out the back of our skulls, because apparently chicks dig that. And by chicks, I mean baby chickens. So what I want you to do is I want you to download all of our uh, episodes, episode log. There's not a word for, like, discography, but for podcasts. No one's come up with that word yet. Let's Disc- discography. Podography. Speaking of chicks, I don't, I don't know who this pertains to, but somebody baby out chickens. there. They need to be somebody incubated. out there. Yes. Yeah. Incubate properly. Make sure to go out and rotate your eggs. 
yeah. don't know. I don't know who that's going to help, but maybe that reminder will help someone. Right. Because if you're like, oh, I haven't done that in a fortnight. Well, those eggs are rotten, pal. But hopefully we caught you just in time. I'm not certified by the uh, any kind of uh, federal food commission or anything. Um, no, please, me either. Yeah, do we, you guys not know, anymore? It got revoked. Do you know what the difference between brown and white eggs is? <laughs> Nutritionally, uh, color. Yeah, thank you. You got that's the correct answer. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Next bit of bird trivia. No. <laughs> Let's, that, let's talk about what I haven't been doing. Can okay, we talk about what, what I haven't been what doing? Haven't you been I know doing? you're not supposed to be like, I haven't done anything, but let me tell you what I haven't been doing. <laughs> Mega Man 11 came out. I haven't been doing that. Whoa, Red really? De- yeah. Me- wow. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. I haven't been doing that. What? Frankly, I don't know if I have the time for another open world game right now yeah, or ever in hey. my life since every game is a 200-hour open world clusterfuck. For the first time ever. Yeah. Castlevania, the new season dropped. I haven't done that either. Well, oh, don't you worry. Should. That's manageable. Taking a shit today? I haven't done that yet either, and I can feel it. <laughs> Do you have enough fiber in your diet? I feel it. I was going to drink coffee before this, but then I'd have to leave mid-episode to take <laughs> Wait, a fucking... You, well, we I know mean, what happens when you drink coffee. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we just... You regaled us with a story uh, last episode about the worst... Pretty much the worst-case scenario for what happens when you decide to start drinking coffee oh, again out of nowhere. I'm just... Yeah, don't drink coffee after, like, months... After eating a giant Scottish breakfast and try to walk up a fucking mountain, <laughs> we, we've already afterwards. done this. I'm just saying, don't do it. I'm just, what, okay. If you listen to last episode. Well, well, what, don't what, eat what a big meal with coffee this, and walk up. This a mountain. episode, we're going to attempt to recreate last episode from memory in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the theme of this episode. <laughs> Um, well, uh, and hey, that's apparently not too bad an idea. Let's let's mix in some of so our. So, guys, I went to Scotland. <laughs> obligatory. Uh, Boy, are um, my arms tired. Discussion about uh, the, the the community and everything. Uh, Brandon, there's a there's a little piece of paper in front of you. There is. Go go ahead and read that because you can rate <clears throat> and review our programs on Podchaser, and in on Podchaser you can review specific episodes, not just the whole show. Oh, jeez, you know I don't. So read. we got a specific. Review from last episode, since we're discussing it, might as well crack it open. So people at home can't see this, but since I never really learned to read, everything is converted into Braille. So I can read Braille. Wow. But I can't read with my eye holes. Uh So I'm feeling this piece of paper that you've clearly dotted with little Braille holes. So let me read this now. I believe it says, by Mjolnir MK86, for, and this is for episode 317. Shit, that's a lot of episodes. The Boy Who Pooped on a Mountain. I think that's about... Boar? I'm not sure. Let's talk about it. That, that would said, that would be the boar that pooped on a mountain. I just want to clear that up. If if that was the, the case, we would have titled it appropriately. So Mjolnir writes, honestly, one of the most entertaining and hysterical episodes of the series. Pretty sure Brandon might have taken a mighty deuce in a fortified fairy mound. That's a great <laughs> sentence. Taking a deuce in a fortified fairy mound. But that's beside the point. Content is content, and boy oh boy, is that some quality content. I can definitely agree that Friday the Thirteenth. The game is better watched than played. Also, I'm still reeling from the cancellation of Iron Fist and was completely blindsided by Luke Cage's sudden cancellation, as were we all, everyone. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see Disney slash Marvel bringing back either of the shows for their app and skipping time to have them start uh, a Heroes for Hire series. Honestly, I would have loved to have seen uh, Cage's story play out from where they left off. Same for Iron Fist. That was one twist of an ending to the series. Um, and that is the conclusion. Now, I <laughs> fully agree. They left Iron Fist with a massive cliff- cliffhanger. They left Luke Cage open-ended to deal with some fucked up shit that's going to cross over with Iron Fist. And then they canceled them both because I'm pretty sure Disney... People say Disney has no say over what gets canceled on Netflix. But I'm pretty sure they do because they're fucking Disney. 
and they're going to reboot the shows with new casts and stories on their own Disney app, and there's not going to be a Heroes for Hire, from what I've heard down the rumor hole. But also, um, you know, in terms of podcasts you may listen to where people are, let's say, plugged in, Brandon, would you say you're plugged in? I... Yes. <laughs> Do you have your finger on the pulse? I have my finger up the pulse of someone's nation. What? What? <laughs> well, uh, in, a con- in a counterpoint to the, the Friday the 13th discussion, um, uh, Man- Mancharpan, whose Twitter handle hopefully I've said correctly, said, after listening to the nerdy show talking about playing Friday the 13th, not only do I want to go back to the game, but I want to give them a full walkthrough because it sounds like they're playing solo wrong. <laughs> we uh, are. Two crying emoji faces. <laughs> crying and laughing, looks like. Uh, yeah, hiding in a closet. Solo? And, and then, well, I guess solo, like, we're not working in a group. Well, we were, because you were hiding in a closet, and I was guarding the closet. I was doing a really good job yeah. of hiding in a closet. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> I successfully he was hid like, for the entire round. He was, like, eating a sandwich, and then I was just, I was just diving in Oh, man, in there were sandwiches? Yeah. So I was just guarding the... I think we did some good co-op. If, if it was a timer We're doing based, a really good job of recreating the last yeah. episode. <laughs> Look, if, if we had to beat the timer, we would have won. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Boar. What? Tell, tell us about some things you've done today. <laughs> just today. What did, just, just today. today. Uh, well, I woke up and, and then I played Overwatch almost immediately. Why? Uh, you know, why not? Was well, it still good? Yeah, it's still why good. Why didn't you tell me? I I'm trying Overwatch. to perfect my Hanzo game. Hanzo. No, if, if, if you're good with Hanzo, you can completely like flip the dynamic of what's going on. on your yes, team. there'll be every character in a map and he shoots one arrow with a dragon and kills everyone and then the game is suddenly changed. That doesn't happen anywhere near as often as it used to. Like when the first game first came out, that happened all the time. The the dragons were way more powerful. But now you're not it's not an instant kill unless you stand in it for too long and you know I, I use it mainly for clearing things off of the like the point or clearing the the payload so that it can get like the final push or something like that. I'm just not good at sniping, and he's like a sniping character technically. Yeah, yeah. We're having an Overwatch conversation now, by the way. I, I can so tell, you know, and and as usual, I'm like, Ugh. I went back because I love playing as Diva because you know whatever, and they fucking added, and this could have been a year ago for all I know. The I missiles, played. yeah, fucking fantastic. Finally. She has another weapon besides those weak Yeah, I've been guys. learning how to take down characters like D.Va, and uh, he ha- uh, Hanzo has storm arrows now, and you can just take down a fully armed D.Va What about with, with my shield special ability? If you have the shield up, um, the yeah, great thing so. about storm arrows is that it lasts slightly longer than the shield is capable, so you can just wait till the end and pop it off real fast. You can do the shield in spurts now, though, instead of just holding it and just one. Oh, spurts. Full spurt. You have my interest again. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Give your thirst a spurt. <laughs> There's our Overwatch review. Thank you. <laughs> it's still bueno, I guess. Hungry for spurts. Um, so, Castlevania, I never watched. Well, I never watched. I haven't seen the new season that just dropped. Impressions. Who here has seen it? I did. We've seen it in its entirety. Oh, both of you? Yes. All eight episodes? Yes. Who got time for that shit? You it doesn't take for... that long. It, it's like, what, Why? like the... three three hours and some change? Yeah, yeah they're, they're like all that. half an hour. Um, they're so, less I mean, than like half four an hour, hours. I think. Well, yeah. So the, the first Castlevania season uh, was four episodes long. It's a... But a great four episodes. It's a Western anime that's very much in, in a Cuts Corners anime style. The animation's not awesome in my opinion, but, um, but it does what it needs to because it takes a bunch of cool Castlevania shit... And then has comic book visionary Warren Ellis just have the most fun 
writing something he, he legitimately knows nothing about, but but is very has, has a lot of care for. Like he's not a Castlevania fan. He just you know just he was hired to write a Castlevania script or wanted to or I don't know whatever. But he doesn't have a background with the game. He wrote it. The first season was incredible. Well, it's gonna be someone is obviously giving him notes because there's shit from the games. And sure. Well, yeah. I mean he he's respectful to source material. He does this stuff all the time. Um, very little of it actually ends up getting. Yeah, like the like, overarching made story like this, but... for the first and second season is basically Castlevania three. Yes. Uh, so uh, and Dracula's holy vengeance. crap! Did they set up the next one? What <laughs> they set up Super Castlevania? No, where you can hold on the whip. No, and if the you look, rotates. if you look in the actual chronological timeline, uh, you can look it up. Maybe oh, we can what's link that. Um, it's, <laughs> sure. it's yeah. I believe it's a uh, N64 game or something like that. Oh shit! Are you kidding me? No, it, n- Castlevania 64 is no 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 it's not castlevania 64 oh, I was say, and maybe it's a playstation it's my one. personal favorite but everyone but hates it's it. insane yeah <laughs> i'll have to i'll have to look this up but um they they set up the next well it's chronological definitely symphony of the night no it's that's way further <laughs> down the line what's playstation well i guess the point is is that they could do more if they wanted to um but it in in terms of this this continuation of the series it's twice as many episodes as before and it's incredible i mean this is the story of of dracula uh, taking vengeance on humanity for well, this is the story all about how the, Dracula's life got turned upside down, <laughs> right? Um, for for humanity killing his wife, and it is it it absolutely like hits you in the heart immediately from episode one of I mean, well, from episode one of the series at large, but also from episode one of uh, season two. Uh, and and what's fascinating about this is you can tell just Warren Ellis is having fun the whole time. Most of this show is just people talking. When there's action sequences, they're crazy, and the choreography and all the the gore and everything happening in season two is was the dial is way turned Isn't up. Like a seven minute segment in one of the uh, first episodes of the first season about just like having sex with goats or something. Well, that was the thing that was mentioned. Yeah, sure, but I mean, okay. like that, that was a scene like the first episode yeah. at a, in a pub or something that's, when that's, somebody was exchanging <laughs> insults. And I I did look it up real quick. It is uh, Castlevania: The Curse of Darkness is the plot that will be the next one. If there is a next one, if there's another season, they set that up so perfectly. If you if you look up a synopsis for and the story of that, that game, you don't feel that that's really a spoiler because it's they're no. just they're just. I mean, adapting if you don't if you don't want to look into it, don't look up the synopsis for that story. And I'm really saying nothing, right? <laughs> um, and I mean, in this in this season, the the main characters spend most of their time just talking in a library. And it's amazing. It's amazing. They and they add a bunch of new characters in terms of Dracula's court, and you find out more about his motivations and how that operates. And uh, it's it's fascinating. Is he, death he, in it? Uh, no, no. Is that giant pterodactyl guy in it? Uh, Ridley. What about? I mean, looks kind of like. Him. What about Frankenstein? <laughs> I mean, you're just mummy? naming stuff from games that they haven't even touched yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are yeah, there are two humans who work for Dracula because they hate humanity oh, and want to see it exterminated. And Scarlet Witch, sure, I believe is I believe are the the humans that work for him. <laughs> yeah, they're now. They're, they're I want to say that I I love the season completely, but there is a little bit of a weird plot thing with it. Sure, I, I think that whole like Dracula returning in a year thing Spoilers. really kind of pigeonholed. Uh, not maybe not pigeonholed. Um, it made the timeline seem way too condensed. Like too much happened in that one year. Oh, you mean you mean while he was gone when his wife died? Right. 
Interesting. Like I hadn't they, thought about they that. They jammed so much into what happened during that one year. Uh, if you think about it. Um, so this is this is coming from uh, not necessarily from what's on the page, but coming from you as a Castlevania historian. No, just no? watching the show. You can okay. get 100% get this from watching the show. I mean, think about all the stuff that happened in that one year. Uh, he had his uh, Alucard fight. Like, those two were at, were at odds for some reason. Is this and, all from season two, like, shit that happened? Uh, no, this is from... Okay. Uh, likely happened in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Alucard went away. Um, he formed his whole army and made friends with both of the humans like all this weird stuff happened within the span of a year and it just doesn't seem like it was enough time no you're, you're right about that you are definitely right about that um that does like that does alucard seem had been sleeping and sealed down here for eh, about a year maybe <laughs> instead of like 20 to 40 More like years. a few months right maybe a few months just but they out. but they the way that they approached it in the first season it seemed like he had been entombed there in legend for so long for like a thousand years it felt like that yeah but they actually mentioned oh i've just been here for a year no they didn't say that but, but. there's no way it couldn't have been more than a year mm. yeah well hey that's that's true otherwise uh, a if wonderful... you can forget all of that stuff it's amazing <laughs> and i really love dracula's character <laughs> like he's so complex and Team amazing. dracula it's it's a legitimately tear-jerking show i gotta say though you know like you guys have been saying Team Dracula a lot, um, and I, I, you know, I'll agree. What happened to his Team Thanos? What happened to his his wife was was legitimately terrible. But uh, uh, his uh, opposing uh, vampire uh, within his court, Camilla, I believe is her name. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she is uh, true to her vampiric race, uh, an awful individual. Yeah. Um, and manipulative and shitty, but she has a point. Like she's not wrong in her agenda against dracula no i mean he clearly went off the rails and and neither and simon or not simon trevor trevor belmont (laughs) um maybe we'll get to simon someday uh is uh you know he's he's got his agenda such and and alucards and and uh and ciphers is you know is is rock solid i really hope we get to the belmont that was in the captain uh captain inch that's simon (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i want that version of simon though of course of course version wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so pretty. Just like combing his hair. Yeah, I don't think mirror. Simon Mega happens Mega. for like a couple hundred years. <laughs> That's how Mega Man talks. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that show. <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, who's old and remembers Captain N? We do. Oh, Brandon, you remember Akus? All the things about Captain Anicus? Oh, fuck. That was a shit show. <laughs> what a shitty crap. And Mother Brain. Oh, Mother Brain! Oh, well, excuse me, princess. <laughs> oh, my God. What a shit fuck. <laughs> Who the fuck? You know, it's weird. It's weird. Someone made that show. Nintendo's like, you make this show. And then they didn't use any reference material for any of the characters. It's like they just, they're like, make uh, a guy named Simon Belmont who fights Dracula. And they did. It's just dumb. Make Kid Icarus. And he just says fucking stupid shit all the time. It's just dumb circuit boards you sell to kids. It's garbage. So, of course, you make make garbage out of it. Why would Mega Man says, Mega Mega. And sounds like he's been smoking for 50 (laughs) years as a robot. And sucking down the fucking carbon monoxide. He, yeah, he loves it. He's, he'll suck on your tailpipe. Give me more carbon tubes. <laughs> mega, mega. I'm shoving my ass. Fuck. Sorry, that was my impression. <laughs> we're, we're giving Brandon too much sugar. Do you remember Captain N? 
<laughs> no, I try not you to. Remember, he's like, he, he'll press left. He's got a D-pad for a belt. He's got a fucking NES controller as a belt, and he can, like, hit pause and, like, hit left on the D-pad and dash to the left. So he's a god, but yet he never won in any episode, That's really. one of those shows that I watched occasionally when I was a child, and I never felt the need to revisit it. Then you became a man instantly, and it was like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm gonna go work on cars. Sure. Do science shit. Can we back up to Castlevania? Yeah. It's it's just a spectacularly written show. I mean, and and you can there's just so many moments in it that don't matter but are but are really wonderful character moments. Like when Simon's talking about like the tree he used to Tre- plan. Trevor. Da- God damn it. When Belmont, there we go. I they guess, have the I same Simon, amount of I, I looked it up. Simon is over two hundred years after this. Perfect. Okay, great. We'll be there soon. Season three. Um <laughs> Why do I keep doing it? It's it's, at fu- it's fucking Captain N's fault. Um, Mega. At least I'm not saying like Weiss or something. Um, <laughs> anyhow, when uh, when Trevor Belmont's like talking about the tree he used to play in, it's useless. It doesn't doesn't do anything for the story, but it's a beautiful moment, and you can tell that Warren Ellis is just having fun writing this. So if you like Castlevania and you haven't read any Warren Ellis comic books, you should check out Injection or Trees or Transmetropolitan. It's all so. Let me get like this straight. This. They're like you have eight episodes to write the story this season, and Warren Ellis, which I have no idea what he sounds like, is like, okay, I'm gonna spend 15 minutes talking about Trevor's childhood story with a tree, and that'll be in one episode. It's briefer than that, yeah, whatever. Way more brief than that. Uh, well, let's I, have 50 percent talking. Well, it, here's 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 how I think they they manage this. I think there's there's maybe a chance that it had not too much more of a budget than it had the first time. But they were able to spread it out and by by exploring the characters more. This is an extremely character-driven season. But things actually happen, though. It's, oh, yes. It's not like Walking oh, Dead yes. where 99% of each episode is talking and crying and then something happens at the end and then the next episode Right, because that show is made, like most shows, to of go its, on of forever. Time. Yeah, you just you have to fill an order of like 24 episodes and it's there, You got to throw a zombie, at least one yeah. in there. Someone but, cries. But it, in this case, it is just a bunch of really amazing character explorations that do have purpose and do further the story, and it's it's tidy. It might it do, it could be half the length of what it is if they were just getting down to all the things that were you know that happened. But then that makes sure that so you get you get all this build, this build, this build, and you're captivated the whole time. You stop. You start. You don't realize that like you've literally just been watching like two or three people talk to each other for like maybe. 15 minutes and they haven't been doing anything you don't realize that because it's so engrossing but then when something does happen it's huge it's enormous it's like and it this show has some of the best uh usage of magic in it in anything i've seen like it so it the way they use more magic, than harry potter well yeah the way they use magic in it is so fascinating um do they have gross tasting jelly beans com- no i, I don't just, think I just mean so like, like combative magic the sort of stuff that you would want to do in your D campaign that Look to this show for how you should play your fucking mage. All right. Yeah, like she was legitimately doing stuff that you can do in World of Warcraft. Like it. Lightning at times, bolt. I was like, "Wow, she's like a frost mage right now." <laughs> <laughs> Lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Fireball. Frost mage. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. I don't know what a frost mage does. They so. throw icicles around. And Icicle. Shit. Icicle. That's how you LARP. 3DO. Um, 3DO. <laughs> I'd be LARPing 3DOs 24-7. <laughs> so uh, another show that recently hit Netflix is The Chilling Tales of Sabrina. The um, 
the Teenage Witch. I know nothing about this show, but I'm I'm intrigued. It, lo- um, it looks like it might actually be decent. Has anyone here seen any of it? I've seen the first episode. Okay, and I've seen bits and pieces. And, and I've read the comic books that it's directly based on. Not Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but the actual Chilling Tales of Sabrina yeah. comic book. Well, and Denica has binge-watched most of it. Uh-huh. I don't know if she's finished it, but I've come in every now and then and watched a, a little bit of it. She, she has opinions. Yeah. Um, her opinion is it's pretty heavy-handed on the going against the patriarchy thing. And that's coming from a lady, so... Yeah, well, it's pretty on the nose in some episodes. Like, oh, you're a woman, and Satan is a guy, and he has a penis, and you don't, and you're a woman. You got to do that. Like, it's pretty heavy handed in some episodes. Well, I mean, if you know, if if Denica, if Denica of all people, um, you know, thinks that it's too much, I don't know. But I just sometimes it, it's well, not. It's not. It doesn't ruin. Here's anything. the thing. I mean, like when you when it comes to like looking to looking to a show like Chilling Tales of Sabrina for I don't know any kind of like real political motivation or anything. I mean, for example. In in this show, this show's depiction of witchcraft is like exactly what the church thinks it is at its worst. Yeah, and it's it's kind it is a little bit of a commentary about the oppression of women. Yeah, well, so in in this in this world because this is very much not the 1990s sitcom with Salem the Puppet Cat. This is an adaptation of a uh extremely horrific comic book recently from a Roberto Aguirre Sacasa who's the same uh brain of of Archie in recent times that is responsible for Riverdale. And um, this show is, it's very dark and very strange um, and very, and very, very close adaptation, at least from what I've seen so far as to what, what was going on in this comic book, which is, has a lot of Lovecraftian elements. And, and in it, they have a, a very grisly interpretation of witches and witchcraft, which is that they are, uh, Satan worshiping cannibals and every bad thing that any Christians ever said about about witches. So yeah. in that respect, then that that is not a. If you look to say the reality of witchcraft as being um, generally oh. generally wise women and so on from history and multiple cultures uh, who this, this who, is not Wicca who practice <laughs> things differently from it could be but doesn't like not, it's it, witchcraft is a very broad term but practice things differently from the ways that say the the very controlling patriarchal church would want them practiced mm-hmm. it, it's easy to, to use you know you, you, you demonize witchcraft you demonize any folk culture as witchcraft you demonize any uh, medicine person culture as witchcraft and then you uh, you kill it with fire and it's yeah. a very awful oppressive and highly are we still um, talking about Castlevania <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> uh, these shows are not unrelated in the in that well, respect. Well, I mean, if we just want to talk about the main theme, which is you know the witches and warlocks and all that, they they literally there's no there's no pussyfooting around it. They literally worship the devil. Right. Well, that's that's what I'm saying here is that if you look to Sabrina for political commentary, um, take, it's got a, it's got a few different I, types. It's, really, it, right? It, it does. But what I'm, what I'm saying is like the witchcraft in general. His is an extremely persecuted group of people and is a very feminist focused goddess worshiping. Um, to you know, to to generalize, um, reli- it's not a religion, but belief structure. Uh, so making of it in this show, the the ultimate version that the church thinks is bad is a decision that is done for uh, pop cultural purposes and and kind of for mm-hmm. fun. It's making the most extreme version because it's it's interesting and spooky and gothic. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> what's interesting about the way they've done it, and this again, this is only from the first episode. Um, is that they have made this witchcraft, Satan-worshipping, cannibalistic culture of theirs is, in the context of the show, uh, an allegory for the Christian church. Uh, pretty much, yeah. 
But also, I, sh- I want to just, for people who have never s- seen it or haven't seen it yet and don't know still what the fuck we're talking about. That's very fair, yeah. Literally, please. the basic plot, very, very basic. It's not a spoiler. Sabrina is, is a witch. Is a teenage witch. Is a teenage witch. Uh-huh. And her main purpose, unbeknownst to most people, is that she is trying to find a way to take down the devil. So she's going to witch school, doing all this dark shit, but ultimately her main goal is to fuck with everyone and stop the devil. Right. So well, while she, everyone is worshiping the devil, she's gonna find a way to like banish him. She 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 is uh she's it's been ultimately a, the main. She's goal. been a teenager in our world for a long time, and has become connected with it in a really profound way. And now it's time for her dark baptism, uh, which is what brings her in. She's a half blooded witch. Her dad was a like king warlock of of Witch Mountain, and <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah. And and her mom was a Muggle, and uh, and so she's caught in between. She's the focus of a lot of otherworldly attention for reasons that uh, are yet to be clear and is the, now put the devil his... really wants to turn her to his side. We don't know why it. Yeah. It's and like a it, really. So we're, big plot we're now in this in this push and pull decision where she's torn between two worlds. And um and well, <laughs> there's there's really the, the 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 dark the the dark twisted world of witches and warlocks that she exists in is uh it has a very strong pull. To resist it sexual, is highly dangerous. Lots of sexual violence. Yeah? <laughs> really? From, at least from the, some of the episodes I saw. Yeah. All right. Interesting. But, uh, but it goes both ways. It's it's a very dark show that is not that is not the it's show like you recall ri- if like you watched Riverdale it. It's like Riverdale with with black magic and devil worshipping. So it's like Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, good. I'm which sold. They even mention Riverdale. They ask, I think I think in the first episode, they ask a character where you're from. Like, oh, I'm from Riverdale. I'm like, oh, okay. And Wait, that was it. I mean, the the town that Sabrina takes place in has been in the show uh, multiple times. Well, I, I don't think they're going to... I think they said they're not going to have a crossover, but they just vaguely alluded to it. They were originally supposed to be a crossover into Riverdale, but I don't. I think they said they're not doing that. Maybe on Sabrina, they'll accidentally create a horde of zombies, and Archie's going to have to deal with it. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that, uh, that crate that was from Miskatonic University in Riverdale and was delivered to the town in Sabrina the Teenage Witch to... Um, or whatever well was i can never remember the name of the town where it takes a green something uh I i've think. only seen one episode anyway of so so the, the town where sabrina takes place in uh at one point archie and jughead deliver some kind of clandestine crate uh to that town uh and it is labeled as being from miskatonic university or something and i was just, i was just rubbing my hands together being like "Ooh, when's this ball gonna drop i don't know if it will it might have just been there for eagle-eyed people who wanted to read into it more people with eagle be. eyes yeah like eagle eye cherry insane clown posse to have eagle eyes oh <clears throat> um open up your eagle eyes so I, i'm 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 very i'm very enthused to watch the rest of that program we know we've we've uh we got a lovecraftian program of our own right now though if you haven't if you haven't noticed yet the call of cthulhu mystery program is back it's the uh RPG audio drama that we originally did in uh, 2015 as uh, by by listener request and it's been so popular over the years that we uh, we said well damn it we want to do more we had a great time doing it and there's an all new series being released every other week um, just search for the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program on any podcast player <coughs> and Brandon's not in this one I've got a frog in my throat because <laughs> it's Halloween, get Brandon, it? Brandon's get out. Boar's in. Yeah, Boar's bo- in the series. Brandon, Boar, you got some tiny-ass shoes to fill. <laughs> Hope you can squish into them. Well, in my case, they were boots. Yeah, cowboy Wait, boots. did you have a southern accent, too? Uh, the entire you series. You filled my shoes with another guy with a southern accent. Well, 
I reckon I did it just a little bit better. Well, mine was a Georgian Southern. The sure. country of Georgia. <laughs> Not the state. Well, um, <clears throat> Boar's character, uh, uh, Kenneth Roger, is uh, originally from, <laughs> from Texas and, uh, and, and by way of Georgia. I, so there's, just, there's, I just there's assume you love chicken. chicken. I assume you love chicken. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's some fan fiction to be written about the time that Kenneth and father-grandfather crossed paths once upon a time uh, <laughs> in the country of Georgia. Guess I should listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's coming out every other week. Um, let me uh, let me uh, let me come up with something to say to like to seduce you into into this the season. I will um, suck your dick if you watch. Wait, oh, what? interesting. I mean, that's how I seduce people. Oh yeah, is that what you say? Yes. When I you're will like, suck <laughs> your dick if you watch this episode. You lay your floppy donger on the table, <laughs> and I'll go to Slobnob in town. <laughs> Well, that is uh, that, that that's an, that's an offer people I need, would so, have. I need, to, I need some alcohol after saying. We'll have very good reason to refuse. Any anything else you want cut out? <laughs> that's staying in. What are you talking about? That's gold. It's comedy well, gold. Uh, my elevator pitch is that this series is about uh, a a an auction lot that's filled with strange things, and the character I play, Estelle Thorpe, is in the business of exploring strange things and uh, and so she assembles a extremely mish mishmash group of words in my mouth mush mouse <laughs> she mush mush she grafts <laughs> what <laughs> and um and, and and they they go about uh digging into some dirty dealings uh with there's that uh, there's there's Get it? potentially and they digging. were they were done dirt cheap they were done uh it was it was only it was uh the lot was ten dollars which um was around a hundred dollars in 1920s money if that's any indication. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's a really fun show. Um, we had a blast doing it. It's easily the most complicated production we've ever done so far. Did it take also 18 hours to record it? Um, it was a while. Like the, like the original season? It felt like an eternity. Well, this one was actually two sessions long. Oh, well, I'm, session. I'm jealous you guys had two sessions to refresh. <clears throat> Um, but they were both they were both quite long, and I think it was, it was definitely it was an over 10-hour collective uh, session. For okay, sure. Cool. Uh, it, there's an episode of All Caps where I talked to Colin, and um, I thought it was more like eight per day. <laughs> it felt like it yeah, it, it's it's more. I forget I forget what it was exactly, but Colin Colin and I discussed that a little bit in the last episode of All Caps that we did, which is a thing on this feed. If you're curious, dial back a little bit. Um, but I hope you check it out. Uh, please do rate and review that series if you if you've listened to it and you like it. Um, we, uh, I've seen some stats and it looks like we're getting very close to actually entering into some of the iTunes top 100s. And that would be really, really amazing if we could, uh, if we could get, um, the show noticed a little bit more. And, uh, if you're using Podchaser at all, go ahead and give the episodes some, some reviews. Yeah. We only have one so far. It's very easy to push podcasts up in in pod chaser yeah. compared compared to itunes anyway um I mean, most of all like if i say i think really like the biggest thing you could do like in general the the, the itunes apple podcast thing is is pretty big but just sharing it with people putting it in your feeds and, and giving personal testimonials of like hey this is great you should check it out uh, especially people who you know who already have like who can already work podcasts into their life because it's kind of a lifestyle choice 
um, that would be awesome. We're uh, we're putting our hearts and souls into this thing, um, literally uh, manifesting it, and um, you know, and all that. Uh, I think each week it's going to be easier and easier to recommend to your friends too, because it starts off a little bit slow, but holy crap, it it's going to ramp up and and it'll be a lot more exciting. Yeah, I mean, granted, I wish I wish it was coming out weekly, but I'm kind of running behind schedule. There's been a lot going on as the year end has accelerated, so it is every other week. Um, the next episode is coming out November seventh. But I might add, if you're our patrons, even a dollar gets you access to episodes two and three right now. So yeah, that's quite the jump on everyone else. If you if you have any interest in supporting us, even a dollar a month does make a huge difference. It all adds up. If everybody gave a dollar, we'd have a lot of dollars and collectively hundreds of dollars. Who knows? Um, and uh, And you can get access to the Cthulhu's as soon as they are ready to go. So, end of my rant there. This is a pretty weird little episode we're doing. Speaking of Cthulhu. Yeah, what do you got? Um, something unrelated. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Cthulhu, it's something unrelated. So, I just want to talk about a show that's coming back real quick that I love. Mm, yeah. Um, so, a long time ago, before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A long time ago, uh, in a city made of pizza boxes. BMCU, as we call it, before Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. there was a show called 12 Ounce Mouse. Uh-huh. And it was one of the greatest cinematic feats mankind has ever done. It was in a great achievement and accomplishment. I think if Bor ever watched it, he would agree. Um, I, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, that no, that's the new season. So almost more than a decade later, they released a pilot for the second season, which you said was... Well, it's, it's the third season, technically. Sorry, third season. But um, and okay, it's... Let's, let's back up. 12-Ounce Mouse was originally a series on Adult Swim, as Brandon yes. said, a very long time ago. I mean, ago. where it was aired is, is not important. Well, it's very but much... But how it was aired. <laughs> it's very much flavored with the uh, with Adult Swim, though a certain, like a robustness, like a fermentation of all of the insanity of old-school Adult like Swim. Like a rotten mushroom that you find in your shoe one day when you've left them by the garage door. Right, and this is most certainly the fever dream hallucination that you get from eating said mushroom. Yes. Uh, so 12 Ounce Mouse is a very poorly drawn, uh, poorly animated well, I mean, program. That's an opinion, but okay. That is absolutely an outstanding practice in uh in writing and storytelling it is an existential metaphysical abstract wonderful show other work of other random words i can't think of those are all apt words thank you (laughs) i only saw like i don't know maybe a third of that episode from the third season pilot or whatever (laughs) Uh, but what i can say is is that at a casual glance (laughs) it seems like this show is basically a bunch of random nonsense. <laughs> See, that's how it gets you. It seems like a bunch of random nonsense, but it's the most ingenious plot contrivances ever. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was in college when the show originally came out, and I remember I remember watching it because there was there wasn't really much adult swim programming at the time. I mean, Harvey Birdman was, you know, was there and that was that was great. Speaking of, this this aired the same night as the Harvey Birdman relaunch. No one was talking about the twelve ounce mouse thing. That took us all by surprise. We didn't know about it to talk about it. Um Twelve Ounce Mouse, I, at first I was really annoyed by it. I was like, I just don't get it. I just don't know what they're doing. Like I don't under I don't understand. And then all the pieces started fitting together. All these fifteen minute episodes started coalescing where I was like Oh my god, no, this is this is a lot more than weird random shit to laugh at when you're high. There's <laughs> there is really something else happening here. I don't know what the fuck it is. And they started flashing these weird 
in, encrypted messages at the end of the shows. Like, it was, it's, once the pieces started coming together, once the, 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 like, the groundwork of establishing the characters, like, was, you know, was laid, then a bigger thing started happening to, to the extent where you can watch an episode where virtually nothing happens and it's just mind blowing. And like where people are just talking much like the new Castlevania. Yeah. Where people are just in a poorly drawn room library. But, but you talking. know, you have, you have a, you have a, a mouse who shoots guns and drinks beers. You have a, a shark that flops around a little bit and, uh, and is passive aggressive. Uh, you have a square who's extremely wealthy and drinks Ruscianic shit, an olden drink of kings of old. You have a dancing parachute. I um, think he's a parachute. A man who farms corn dogs and has one hand. A clock. Yeah. Which we don't mention. Th- these are these are all important things, and uh, and we, if you haven't had an opportunity to enjoy Twelve Ounce Mouse, I highly encourage going to AdultSwim.com or checking your DVR. Do they have, if you have the original show? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that on my on my DVR right now, I could watch the entire original series. So you can watch the entire original series in a variety in, of in ways. A, in a quick though, a quick like I think it's three to four hours. Yeah, three done. Yeah. One that's like that's like less than Return of the King. I mean, that's shorter than any of the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> So you can watch it in one sitting. Um, they they released it on DVD, uh, at, edited together as, as one, one long, long episode. <laughs> um, so you, you probably do need to watch it before you watch the new episode, or just watch the pilot and just yeah. just fuck with so, yourself. So a what's happened bit. is like, as Brandon said, over over a decade later, the show is inexplicably coming back. I'm was absolutely shocked. Seems like the same people, same voice actors. Yeah, and and they they created a half hour long pilot called Invictus. That is uh, that relaunches the series effectively and and continues the plot threads from and before. Boy, did their production value at least double. That was better. <laughs> yeah, oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they went from like one dollar an episode to two. I mean, you can see the difference if you watch the original. Yeah, it's crisp. Okay. They like had a weird thing where they zoomed in with the camera. And I don't they know never if I can that. endure this level of random nonsense. It's not random. It's so rewarding. It all adds up. Um, I mean, I'm, you say that, but how many 15-minute episodes am I going to have to watch before something clicks? Three hours worth. And and am I just going to face yeah, palm? Yeah, just about three hours worth. No. Uh, once those things click? I, no, because your palms will be too numb to use them against your own <laughs> face that you won't be able to feel Honest, anymore. Like, honestly, I legit don't know if there's any chance that you'd like it. It's a very specific thing. <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, but I, I don't know. You and I have very different tastes, and sometimes they align perfectly, and sometimes they're extremely disparate. That's just how it goes. You ever watch a Tarantino movie, and you're like, none of this makes sense? and then the last five minutes like oh it's not like that i'm not a huge tarantino fan (laughs) so one of the only things that i could compare 12 ounce mouse to is it's extremely lynchian in nature and how the story evolves and has a dreamlike quality to it um and i'd say that's accurate and what's fascinating about this is 12 ounce mouse coming back is something i never could have asked for i never could have anticipated it just seemed like a full-blown impossibility and i've always wanted it um but it's not it's not unlike twin peaks coming back spontaneously like it's it's very it's very similar. I I've, it, more and more it's like, are we living in a simulation? Because these weird fucking things keep happening. You know what? You know what? Yeah, and Twin which, Peaks. It's similar to Twin Peaks. Yeah, and and also the the scenario, the the question, even the existential question of where where does our existence lie, and how is it possible that something like Twelve Ounce Mouse can continue to exist or can like reestablish itself in this way in this day and age? Um, that in itself is 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 like a reverse. Uh, commentary on the program itself. I'll just agree with you. <laughs> Boar, do you like the... Have you ever seen the original Twin Peaks? Do you care no. for it? Oh. Well, then I can't really describe it. I tried to watch Twin Peaks and I could not get through the first episode. Well, it is it is a little similar in that there's a lot of things that seem 
nonsensical or don't add up or don't make sense and are just weird. But then later on, you find out there's kind of a point to it all. So it's uh, similar storytelling. So it is it is Lynchian in, in the way that you described it. Yes, <laughs> is what you're saying. It, I. Anyway, I, I know I, I legitimately know Twelve Months Mouse is not for everybody, and, and my recommendation of it might annoy you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think it's rated for everybody. But but when <laughs> when when hearts come together over something as eclectic and specific as it, it, it fills you with joy. Brandon and I feel such joy over Twelve Months Mouse. I had so much joy for that like twenty something minute episode. I got a splitting headache watching it. That's I, I love the show, but I man, don't it know does how give to me feel about what you just said. It gives me a splitting <laughs> headache, but it's great. It's absolutely wonderful. My eyes feel like they're bleeding though right now. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> anyway. Okay. Woo. Twelve Months Mouse is a, is a is an intense little drug. But uh, but it's a good one. It's, it's a very good. I feel one. like I'm coming off of it right now. <laughs> Shit, I need to take a nap and lots of so pills. So the, the this what what happened here is Invictus was a pilot for a relaunch of the series, and that relaunch starts in 2020. Yeah, that was for what you watched was the pilot, and then that pilot got it greenlit. So what you watched mm. got it greenlit, which was hilarious. I think I'm gonna put this in the same folder as that Hard Nolan Sclopio PPO. It's way better than Hard Nolan Sclopio PPO. I don't know what the fuck that is. Brad Neely's Hardnollin Skulkio PPO. I don't even know Hardnollin Skulkio. Hard, it's it's PPO. one of those things that Cap recommended like very provisionally, heavily. Provisionally. And I was like I, I was like okay if Cap recommends it. Hey, I love Brad Brad Neely. I love China Illinois but or Illinois. I don't know why I had that. Yeah, I, I didn't get too uh, but, much into that show. But but, yeah. but Nolan had a great moment every episode and otherwise was just too much. It was not, it was not working. And that's yeah, why I, I didn't get I picked up for another one. season. 12 ounce mouse has already had one more season than hard not on Sculpio PPO ever had. Yeah. Oh, Hey, and Dreamcore LLC came back. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm super excited for that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Dreamcore LLC is a live action show. On oh, Adult it's a good Swim. show. It's yeah. about a, uh, a weird little operation running out of some kind of uh, warehouse district where they, uh, uh, they go inside your head and uh, and help uh, cure your problems. Uh, and through some kind of Im- immersive uh, uh, therapeutic uh, experiences. As a person that doesn't actually watch channels on TV, yeah, I have to wait until it comes on to Hulu. Uh-huh. And then either it has to entice me through the Hulu interface mm-hmm. or somebody has to recommend well, it. Okay, well, here, here's, here's my recommendation for Dreamcore LLC. Officially speaking, I legit think... You might really like it. Okay. And there's a chance because series season two uh, is uh, is starting now uh, that maybe season one is uh, might be on Hulu. Is on Hulu, yeah. Okay. And and it features uh, a lot of fascinating guest stars in this seedy, uh, rotoscoped, disturbing, weird little show like Liam Neeson and Dave Coulier. Wow. Okay. So uh, give it a shot. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. I totally forgot to mention this in the episode, so I wanted to be sure to add this in here because it's super duper important. We will be at North Carolina Comic Con Bull City this November 9th, 10th, and 11th. That's in Durham, North Carolina. It's one of our favorite comic book and pop culture conventions out there. They do two shows a year. You probably remember me talking about uh, or hearing episodes recorded at their Raleigh show, North Carolina Comic Con, Oak City. Well, this is Bull City. It's in Durham. It's even bigger. There's a film festival, and we're taking part in it in a big way. So I will be there along with Doug and Tony making up Team Lightning Dogs. So we'll have a booth. We'll be repping our in-development animated series about a pack of anthropomorphic dogs battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire. And that's just for starters. On Friday at 2 p.m., I will be a panelist on a horror panel. Myself, horror film writers, uh, horror comics writers, we'll all be together just talking about spooky shit that we love. I'll be there repping the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, as well as the shows I produce for the Consequence Podcast Network, The Losers Club, and Halloweenies. At 3 p.m., also on Friday, I'll be doing a Hawkman panel with recent Hawkman author Rob Venditti. And uh, this is uh, an unusual thing for me. Uh, I know Brandon's normally the bird person, but uh, in this case, I haven't ever, ever, ever cared about Hawkman as a character ever. But Rob Venditti's comic has opened my eyes to a world of past and future lives across time and space in the DC universe. And it is a wonderful read. So we're going to be talking about the uh, convoluted history of Hawkman and how Rob Venditti is cleaning it up. Then, beginning at 6 p.m., a huge event. If you were tuned out because you're like, I don't care about comic books, tune the fuck in right now. At 6 p.m., we are kicking off our screening of Willow, the 30th anniversary screening of the George Lucas, Ron Howard, Bob Dolman film, Willow, the 1988 fantasy epic. We're going to be screening it in the gorgeous Carolina Theater. That is an old-timey operatic style gorgeous theater with an incredible sound system now the screening itself is at 7 p.m but at 6 p.m leading into that screening well the willow watch team of state of the empire is going to be doing an introductory panel that will make sure that your willow viewing experience is an expanded edition we're going to tell you about all the behind the scenes stories both for the filming of the movie and also for the characters themselves in the very little-known Willow expanded universe. You know, like, who's Sorsha's dad? What happens when you cast enough Nullins to actually populate a village? What's Bavmorda's backstory? We have an exclusive introduction with screenwriter Bob Dolman and other surprises in store. If you love Willow and you live anywhere near the East Coast or you just want to travel, then you better get your daikini ass to Durham, North Carolina on Friday, November 9th, because it is happening. Now, on Saturday, we're kicking things off at 11 a.m. with a Lightning Dogs panel. We're going to be talking about our animated series, where it's at right now, uh, debuting some interesting stuff. Hopefully, you can make it out and uh, see what it's all about. Then, at noon, I'm speaking with Ninja Turtle artist and artist of many other things, Ben Bishop. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, like uh, how to break in from being a fan artist to a fan favorite artist of your favorite stuff, his choose-your-own-adventure graphic novel, The Aggregate, and lots of other cool stuff. 
Then at 2 p.m., I'm going to be in an animation panel with Tommy Lee Edwards and Jim Mafood, basically talking about their experience in the animated world, which I'm very excited for. They both have very different and long experiences uh, of, you know, highs and lows, trials and errors within that medium. Saturday night, I'm going to be hosting the big costume dance party gala. And on Sunday, uh, a more relaxed day for sure. 1 p.m., I will be on a queer comics panel with a bunch of other awesome folks from in and around the comic book and comic book journalism community talking about important issues and our favorite queer comics. Again, that's North Carolina Comic Con, Bull City, in Durham, North Carolina, November 9th, 10th, and 11th. Coming up real soon. Crazy soon. Scary soon. And we're going to be doing a lot of awesome stuff there. So if you can, please do come out. Let us know. Find us there. Come say hey. And now back to the show. This is a weird episode of Nerdy Show. Every episode of well, Nerdy is Show is a weird episode of Nerdy plan. Show. I know, I know, I know. Well, but you know, I that's the thing happening right now in our in our own little continuum where Nerdy Show, the program, is gradually becoming sort of more of a, 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 a galvanizing place for people who listen to the network overall and and then sort of you know are familiar with what we do beyond the confines of the show. And we just we're here to keep the fire because ultimately we're working on so many other things. That, uh, that say, doing a more complicated program is not really in the cards just this moment. I was trying to sell them on the uh, Dream Core LLC by saying Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon had something to do with the show, but I don't think that's true. That's not true. <laughs> but but looking, looking it up, I just realized Justin Roiland played Christopher Cross on Yacht Rock. That's right. I didn't know. I just rewatched it all like two days ago. All of it? Yeah. Oh man, how good's that Jethro Tull episode? Oh, that's all. I mean, the Jimmy Buffett episode. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking hate Jimmy Buffett. Uh, You're a parrot head. I don't. Yeah, care. he's not smooth. He's just kind of shitty. <laughs> he's just kind of <laughs> mellow and shitty. Well, <laughs> since we're talking about TV shows, and he brought up Justin Roiland, that sort of reminds me that there's a new series coming out from a writer of Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, yeah. This is important. This is very this, important. This, I'm if, extremely, if out, yeah, I'm extremely hyped about this. You might be. You might think this is relevant if you haven't tuned out to this episode. So they're making a new Star Trek based animated series called Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh huh. And it's going to be animated. It's by, like I mentioned, the the writer, one of the writers of Rick and Morty, um, who's a big Star Trek nerd. Really loves Star Trek, and his idea behind this was like, what happens on these ships that isn't just going on on the bridge you know like what's going on with the average person because there's a city's worth of people in these ships exactly there's there's hundreds of peoples on these ships what are what are the rest of them doing so so this one's going to be i i believe from from what i've gathered somewhere in the next generation era is it give or take or the original i thought it was the original series uh no Okay. No, they used illustrations from Got the it. original That's, Star Trek animated okay. series just to sort of prove a point. Of they it's an they mentioned Star replicators and stuff like that, so I imagine it's somewhere in the TNG era. It might be after, it might be slightly before, yeah, give or say, take. Yeah, so, but somewhere definitely in that sweet spot where the average person will recognize where right, they are. Exactly. Which at this point is more people recognize TNG far more than even the you know the the weird '60s uh, era of exactly. OG Star right. Trek. I only like Discovery. But but about all we know about it is that it's going to follow unimportant crew members on an unimportant ship. <laughs> so it's not even like an Enterprise. It's no, just it's, it's, it's not Enterprise at all. <laughs> it's like a shit class. Shit. It's the uh, adequate. I, I can't wait to just see random people fixing plasma coils for 30 minutes. Well, I mean, when, when Bohr brought this up, I was like, oh, so it's Red Dwarf. 
where they're the uh, chicken soup mach- like, machine repairmen and in, the, on and a the, mining vessel. Like the misfits, yeah. Yeah. That Red Dwarf is a fucking great show, so I hope it's anything else. You know they're probably getting influences from that show. Oh, How probably not. How could it, I mean, honestly, I feel Red Dwarf is like... It's... <sighs> Hitchhiker's Guide. It's, it's one of the best comedic sci-fi space shows. Yeah, really. I mean, like, so you can look to Hitchhiker's Guide as being, because everyone knows it, like the greatest sci-fi comedy, at least from from Britain. But for my money, I, and I love Hitchhiker's Guide, and I love Douglas Adams, Red Dwarf vastly outshines well, Hitchhiker's Guide. way more material at this, I mean. Well, in a way. In yeah, a way. I mean, you died, so yeah. But anyway, <laughs> making co- coming, new, new coming back to the Star Trek show. The Lower Decks. The thing that I think is going to be really interesting is that we're not going to we're not gonna be seeing the bridge crew. It's probably going to be very unlikely that any of these characters go on away missions. But what we will probably see is day-to-day activities, uh, how they entertain themselves. So there's probably going to be a shitload of holodeck stuff going on. <laughs> and just... and also shore leave and, and stuff like that, like... Do we you, might we might get to see aspects of the Star Trek universe that we haven't gotten to see much of before. Is it like, canonical? It's not canonical. There's no way. What do you mean? Why, why does it even have to be? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, we were just it does, it well because when you say matter. where did that question even come from? Because when you're um, saying it's we're going to see an aspect of Star Trek for my part. No, when you when you say we're going to see an aspect of Star Trek we haven't seen before, I'm like, well, not really. It's all made up. It's not in continuity or anything. So that's that's where the question was coming from. Where you're like you're gonna see. It's completely aspect. irrelevant what oh, you're just saying. Okay. All I'm saying is that you know they have an established Star Trek universe, and they're gonna delve into it in a different way than we've ever had them delve into it before. Yeah, and and I, which I think is fun as hell. Uh, will it seduce me to their proprietary streaming service? Probably not. Do we not know anything else about it? And I don't know for sure. It's that's about be there, it. But that seems you know that seems like where the entirety of the. Uh, uh, television world is going so who the fuck I, I don't know if we're gonna see that before or after the new picard series yeah and <laughs> like series which I is know. also which is something we haven't spoken about on the show here and i i we don't correct me if i'm wrong we don't know anything more about that other than the fact that allegedly there is a patrick stewart starring. i mean it's basically confirmed okay. from from many sources I, I that it's going that. to happen yeah. but we don't know very many details regarding it i know it's a mistake i can tell you that i much. know that michael dorn doesn't want to make a cameo he's open to like being on the show if they want to pay for it but he doesn't want to go through all the makeup and to to do to, to, to just to have walk a walk through on. yeah okay michael dorn so who knows if we'll see ambassador wharf does no or one, whatever he becomes. Does no one else <laughs> think this is a bad idea or just me to bring back Picard this late in the game as a like a ninety year old man trying to is he how could he even be a captain? They wouldn't let him. I, I Things think are so different in the future, Brandon. Patrick Stewart is so old at this point. But and he's I'm still sorry. he's still fun. I I mean I guess he was good in that Logan movie. He was. And he was he was, he was great pretending in that, he was, to be old in that film. Yeah, they they olded him up. He was great in that, in that emoji movie. Was he in that? Yeah, he played the steaming pile of shit. He played the number two. Did he really? Yes. Did you see the Emoji movie? No, but Are I've heard sure? all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of weirded out that you even know that. Well, I, <laughs> I, I watched one of those like reviews, terrible reviews of like movies. Oh, and shit. Oh, okay. But I, I just, way to pass your time. every I don't time know, they I, bring someone back, I feel like it's fan service. I mean, in a way, it sort of is. And they could have, in my opinion, probably just made a new star trek show that had absolutely nothing to do with any characters that we already know about and just pushed it further into the future and then you know continued they to have, have a new star trek promised to do with discovery initially which is continue the well it's isn't it continuity. cbs yeah 
will it not take place in the same universe or they're just making another it's gonna, universe? It's going to take place in the, the, the prime universe in Captain Picard's future. Didn't they say the same thing about Discovery and then it aired and we're like, no, it isn't? And they admitted well, it? Well, they, they, they can have, skirt you know, around they that bringing because it back. they can skirt around that because it's before the original series and With they're new just technology like, that doesn't Ooh. exist, like holograms. Yeah, I mean... And warping. I really hope that they don't do anything that Discovery is doing. Well, Spock is, is going to be in the next season. That doesn't excite me even I'm, slightly. I, I know, me neither. And it, I'm just saying it's there. Um, that, that's, I mean, that's how I feel about Patrick Stewart coming back. But I really hope I'm proven wrong. I love Patrick Stewart. You know, what I really hope happens, uh, because I saw some pictures from a recent uh, convention that happened in, there was a big Star Trek convention in Europe somewhere. I, I forget the name of the convention. But I saw a group shot with some of the cast of DS9, specifically the Ferengis. They had Quark, his brother Rom. <laughs> what about Nog. the Grand Nagus? There's no Grand Nagus Zek. Inconceivable. Um, but they they had them in their full makeup, and Quark looked what? identical. What? Quark looked identical to how he did in the show. Well, I was like, holy crap. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of his facial features are hidden by the yeah. prosthetics, but they did such a good job that it led me to believe, oh my God, I want Quark to come back on this new Patrick Stewart show. Maybe they they became fast oh. friends, and he's like his number two. Okay, you know what? I would... if you think about it though, we don't know what this show is going to be. Like, we have no idea. We we don't know what what. Uh, Do you think he's going to be a captain? Because that's kind of weird. If he's not, he, like he an doesn't admiral have to be. Or the Federation. Maybe commander. he's retired. He yeah. could be in charge Bra of the Federation. Brandon, think about this. There's a real possibility that we could see a show just about a person okay. existing in that if, universe. If he's retired, then he is just a grape farmer in France because that's what he does when he retires. He farms grapes. That wasn't an alternate like potential no, well, future. He always talks about his family's vineyard and like that's how he always wanted to like do when he retired. Sure, but that was pre-Dominion War. That's and that true. Was, there may that not was be grapes. before the uh, what happened in Nemesis. Like there was a lot of stuff that happened. If they bring After back that. if they bring back Quark, I will fully be down because, I, in my opinion, Quark is the greatest character in yeah. any Star Trek show. That's yeah, all I, of I really did love Quark. Yeah, better. Than, I think he's better than Picard, better than Shatner. All of any them. episode in Deep Space Nine that was Ferengi focused was among my favorite episodes. Yep, they were very very good. Well, hey, if you have episodes of this program, probably not this one, but who knows that you really like, you should uh, you should celebrate that. You should. Definitely consider contributing to the Nerdy Show Network on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash nerdy show. As previously established, even a dollar gets you some rad stuff. But there are other tiers and there are other bonuses. And we do need to welcome some new folks to our cult. Uh, did I say cult? I meant... Uh, uh, quilt. You quilt. meant quilt. I meant uh, the, tap the, the, the fabric tap of tapestry. Of friendship. Of, yeah, of in friendship and incredible uh, fans slash listeners slash human yeah. beings who uh, who love what we do. You're not funding a cult. We're building a quilt. Yeah, we're just, together just with your money. So thank you, Aaron Cornelius, uh, who I hung out with when I was in L.A. recently and had a great time eating uh, Korean barbecue and uh, singing karaoke with um, Matt Strickland and Emma. Welcome to the fold. It's a delight to have you. Uh, but that's not all. There was another uh, review on Podchaser that we wanted to share. This is just a review from uh, on about this program in general. All right. Uh, Sage Error reviewed the Nerdy Show podcast and said, It is the best in nerdy entertainment for a solid decade. They truly cover anything geeky you could think of. That's true. Literally we, we, anything we can happen. literally talk about anything geeky that pops out of our heads. Yeah, we think like of. Like cloud so. people. Yeah. Oh. 
Like Mallow from Mario RPG? Now I can't think of Perhaps. anything. Thank you. My, my <laughs> mind literally just went blank. I, I can't think of a single fucking topic. Uh, dice, high C ectil cooler. You're just naming things. Headphones. That's, what, that's not even your, your bit. My that's brain's what, not working. That's what Trench does. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've become Trench. Yeah, get your own bit. <laughs> Bor, you had you had a premise you wanted to share with us on this Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not traditionally scared by TV shows or movies or haunted houses. Like, I'm very numb to those concepts Yeah, for some reason. Probably because I'm a little bit dead inside. But I had an idea for a haunted house that it, it probably wouldn't scare me because I'm, I'm already basically immune to this idea. But I think it would be terrifying for other, some other people. Uh-huh. Go for it. I call it the, the haunted house of existential dread. Go on. Instead of your regular haunted house where you go in and you have, you know, spooky things and people jump out at you and there's fake murders happening, stuff like that. I want this to be an educational haunted house that scares the piss out of you. Like um like what the Christians do. The uh kind of, but this call? is gonna be all house science of based. Is that what they call those? It's gonna be science based and okay. we're going to be changing your perspective in this haunted house. Uh -huh. So you walk in and they're gonna start talking about time. And, and, and how, how much time you've been on this planet versus how long the planet's been around. And then how long the planet has been around relative to the last time that the universe was <laughs> so formed. This is a cosmos haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Are they going to show you your spaghettification kind when of. you get sucked into a black hole? But, the, but the entire goal is to make you feel like you are nothing in this haunted house. So, so the, the first room talks about time. And then you move on to space. Uh-huh. And, it, you know, you've seen those animations where you're like, oh, you're this big. And then, the like, the biggest is building big. is this yeah. big. And the planet is this big. And then compared to the sun, it's this big. So we're going to recreate that, but in, in sort of a, a terrifying way. Okay. Well, please, please go on, because that seems, what you're describing so far seems extremely complicated. Yeah, sure. To, it so to me, it sounds more like, what if the carousel of progress, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is the thing up inside the Epcot ball? Uh, uh, is that right? It's the one that takes you through the history of, of human communication, right? I, I, I'm not a Disney person, so I don't really remember exactly what's that, what it's called. But I have been in it, and, and kind of like that. Uh, and it could be stretched through multiple rooms, like this, my, my first concept of the time room could be several rooms right walking you through this this concept and then the next series would be you know showing you how small you are and then and then the last like to put the cherry on the top it would be like spiritually there might be also nothing there so i, I would <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the last room is a counselor that sits down one-on-one -on -one with you to talk to you about it but I mean, you, you spoiled my ending, but oh, yes. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson walks out. Yeah. Imagine that you're one drop of water. Water on Mars. <laughs> Liquid water. <laughs> so that's my idea for the existential dread well, haunted that, that, house. That's it. Okay, so wait. Go, let's, let's, let's back up. How are you going to um, present present people walking through this experience or potentially moving down some kind of... Uh, uh, motion platform walkway uh with a sense of uh ambivalence to the cold unfeeling universe How well that's that's why i wanted to bring it 
to the oh, brain trust here at Nerdy it. Show. I see, I see. Oh, she, this, you brought it to the wrong person. So, I was going to be like, who are the scarers? When do I jump out? And do I dress as the earth and go, ah, and scream? <laughs> <with my teeth?" laughs> well, I would like to see that version of Boar's idea, like the one that's executed with the same kind of like patchwork uh, nonsense as, as a homespun haunted house, <laughs> where you're like, where you are a paper mache ball that's like the, the planet and your face is painted blue and green and then you've, and you've got like black arms with white gloves and you come out like some <laughs> kind of like uh, uh, don't hug me I'm scared creature just like ooh booga booga <laughs> yep that's exactly what I would say booga booga yep <laughs> do you feel small just, I'm the planet earth and there'd just be a man in the, cl- in the corner sitting on clouds with a big white beard and you go I may or may not exist over and over again in your ear it'd be great it's a good idea um, I don't know how you would show the grand scope of the universe in a way that it hasn't already been done in a in a small house, you could yeah. you could have um, studio. you could have like a, a an alien space pod and like a gray alien comes out and it's like, uh, you know, but looking looking very much like a bunch of assembled parts from. Uh, well, yeah, there's going to have to be a Drake equation room. Okay, well, I, here's here's where I was going with this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you were getting at. No, no, he was be, gonna, like pointing out that there probably are shitloads of aliens out there. Well, he, he was, that's going to be part of he it. He was going to say that uh, uh, something like th- to the effect of. Uh, your society has adapted the concept of extraterrestrials to make up for a cold and unfeeling universe into the absence of, uh, of modern religion. <laughs> and then go back in this pod. You know, <laughs> you know like, like, like presenting everybody very, very abruptly and very quickly with the idea that the, um, that the acceleration of, uh, of belief in the flying saucer extraterrestrials from the 1950s, especially through the, uh, th- through the high watermark in the 1990s, was specifically because of a lack of modern mythology and the dissociative properties of... Um, well, you know, uh, people's experiences with uh, people aren't having religious okay, experiences I, per se I, in the 20th century. I, I suppose there would have to be a climate change room showing how, well, within our lifetimes, we might be destroying the earth. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it shifts back and forth between like negative 20 degrees and then like 112, and it just keeps going back and forth every time. I minutes. mean, here's the thing: when you all, all I knew about this going into it is you like an existential dread haunted house, and I'm like, okay, I thought well, I was like, I can't pay I, my bills, but does bills really <laughs> matter in the world? And like, that's existential. <laughs> like, does I, it? really matter that i don't take my life All i don't know that's to gonna do. have to be part of the time thing at the end is should you or should on a you long enough yourself? timeline nothing matters like yep. that's gonna be something that we have to point out and then there's just a table full of knives absolutely nothing just, you do just, will be remembered just, at, on a long enough time frame just, yeah but uh, well, I, well i mean I'm, i i just had was about to like argue why that's not relevant but but it is it is trying to evoke existential yeah dread. um so all you all you would really have to have me do legitimately is plot me in front of a t a bunch of tvs expressing the uh, the gl- the global state of affairs and i will i will be destroyed and even no matter how much i, r- I recognize that my personal self-worth <laughs> and my personal journey uh as as just a, a living creature that's really only truly fully aware of its own existence is uh is you know just to do my best even then i i would not be able to overcome how much bullshit you've just bombarded me with because the world we live in is such a nasty place right you now. know what's weird is everything you've described already exists in the media, <laughs> so oh sure, yeah. Just turn, dread, on, the, just like, turn on the fucking tur- television. Turn on the haunted house. <laughs> turn on this. Is, the turn, whole yeah, planet's exactly. The house. I was gonna say like <laughs> it, the the actual the twist at the end is the haunted house is actually the one 
place that isn't like every like the whole well, world that's is the really thing, is, the haunted is house. After you go through this experience, hopefully it wakes something up in you, and it continues to be the entire planet is the haunted house. The haunted oh. house is also within I you. I thought you were gonna say, and it, it galvanizes your resolve, and you decide to you know to move on past that. No, that's why you enter the room. No, but if it really like, freaks somebody out, I mean, we're gonna have to have waivers signed at the beginning, and maybe you know counseling of it, and not and not do Brandon's proposed knife table. Well, I was gonna say knife and opioid table, whichever way you want to take it. <laughs> But you know, let's well, that be sounds like a regular it. haunted house. The, the thing is, you guys are overestimating people's attention spans and acuity. I think when you show them something like the cold vastness of space and the, and the absolute nothingness of the world, you also at the same time kick them in the testicles really hard, they, just, just for stimulation. Brandon, as as, as with your prior mention of just uh, like a boot on a when, on a stick, when you want to convince some somebody of something, you suck their dick, and also how to you, 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 <laughs> your 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 social interactions seem to resolve uh, revolve on specifically dealing with male individuals, which I think is interesting. You can kick a girl in the genitalia. You can, but you said the testicles specifically. Now, they going, have inside testicles. Going going back to the point, <laughs> I think, inside boys. I think you were trying to make is that this concept would only affect like a pert uh people within a certain like intelligence window or people that are already kind of suspecting all these things you couldn't you probably wouldn't get anything out of it if you were really really dumb and if you're really really intelligent it's also probably not going to phase you because you you've already been there you've already already (laughs) gone through that that way so so i think you're right in that there's there's an audience for this and it's somewhere in the middle of america america Middle America. Yeah. That's where we should have it. Hmm. The middle of America. Literally. The middle. <laughs> Kansas. It's right in the middle. Yeah. So thanks for, thank you for listening to uh, Nerdy Show. That was episode... <laughs> I, I'm assuming that was episode 319. Brandon's Correct. just running the show this time. Yeah. I mean... Well, I've run out of high C and my fucking throat <laughs> is dry as a throat with no high C in it. So... <laughs> I mean, what else do I have? Like, you can hear my voice. It's crackling. It's, it's, it's hoarse. It's horse. Take you to the track. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to know that Dreams when we were talking Baxter. about when we were talking about who to have on as a fourth host, we ha- obviously we, we did it. We had a great show last time. Um, we don't need a fucking fourth host. We had a great show last time uh, with without a fourth host, so I wasn't really a huge priority. But uh, but Bohr jokingly said James, and I'm like hmm? James Baxter. I'm like oh uh, James. Well, <laughs> James Baxter. I, I, so I said Bohr, did you know? James Baxter's a real person, and it's the uh, an extreme. He's an extremely uh, well-known animator, uh, character animator for Disney and DreamWorks, uh, who in fact boarded both of those Adventure Times episodes. So I attempted to reach out to his representation. Um, the yeah, we phone- legit tried to get James Baxter on this episode. <laughs> the phone number uh, on IMDb Pro didn't work, and uh, so I sent him a, a Tumblr message. And uh, if you know James Baxter, uh, let him James! know. James, we, we'd love to just do a, just do an episode with uh, with James Baxter for for you know James Baxter for, for fun in in character. I'm assuming. Oh, that's the horse. Yeah, that was all. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's gonna well, be I mean, complicated. We could do that. So, um, if there's an episode that I'm not in and James Baxter is in, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I would love that. James. Oh, I, James I, I, Baxter. I, I understand the implication. Now. Yeah, I, I was hoping that we were going to be able to have a conversation with him, which is kind of to the effect of uh, so. So when when you decided to make the move from being like you know Disney's top shelf character animator to 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 dreamworks what really motivated that for you and you just go james, james like, right, so the, the limitations of this interview is that you cannot speak in any words other than your name a la the horse james <laughs> james Baxter. i'm sure that would be a wonderful episode i'm sure it would be anyway we could have gotten a fourth host i mean it's close to halloween we could have gotten a ghost we could have summoned 
we could have summoned a host That's using a, a Ouija board. You know, we actually used to do that on Derpy Show. Ugh. Always reminded. We would always. <laughs> my we would ideas always are always reminded that they already did it on around Derpy Halloween. Show. The headless horseman would would join us. Did you use a Waluigi board though? <laughs> that's a waluigi board i don't know but i think you know um by by the time this episode comes out halloween well it will be it's it will be halloween happy halloween motherfuckers um i uh so i guess maybe maybe next year hey somebody send us a message uh set yourself a reminder on your phone next year um a couple weeks before halloween remind nerdy show to do the episode with the waluigi board i'll set my alexa in 364 <laughs> days to give me a reminder to do it yeah why not she only says it once so i hope i'm in the room when it, go- <laughs> when it goes off so yep. please do that yep, i'll do that i wonder if it can do that ah. <laughs> brandon do you want to take us out yeah how do i do that you, you already kind of did it before and we stopped you so just oh. just finish finish what you started Thank you for listening to Nerdy Show. I forgot the name of the show. <laughs> I was like, Nerd Show? Nerdy Show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Nerdy Show. My name is Brandon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.